Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today are my co-hosts, the godfather of Football Garbage Time, Scott King, and the OG, Ryan Whitfield, who will be joining us shortly. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well, ready for another week of football. Yeah, and I guess the bigger question is, are you ready for the holidays? Did you do all your gift shopping already? We're pretty much done. I think there's maybe a couple little stragglers left, but uh, the bulk of it is, is in the books for this year. Okay, well, that's good because I'll tell you that none of mine is done, right? I am absolutely so far from being done. It's everyone's getting gift cards. That's just what I thought was going to happen, man. <laughs> Everyone is getting yeah. gift cards, and they better like it. Uh, and they're probably going to be Amazon gift cards because it's whatever I can get from my desk is basically what's going to end up happening. Um, is there a Kate, i got to always ask this question because it's something I'm always interested in. you you got a gift that you're hoping to get this, this season, or like the rest of us, are you just hoping not to get crap? I I do and and it actually uh came a little bit early. I I grabbed uh Modern Warfare 3 with my Christmas nice. list present this year and and got it a little bit early. So I've I've been trying it out. Um I was actually playing a little bit this afternoon. That's sweet. That's awesome. I I I have nothing really on my list um because I have the pro- my problem is I have no um, a bill. I have no patience when it's something I want. I'll probably end up just end up buying it myself, and then no one has time. And I get this all the time. They're like, I'm, I end up returning people's presents because I already bought it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm that guy. I'm that guy that everyone hates to buy presents for. And I, and a fair warning, I tell everybody, don't get me anything, and they'll go get me. So I'm sure I'll have like five copies of Modern Warfare uh, as well and come Christmas morning. We'll see how that goes. Uh, anyway, all right, we got a lot to talk about today, and we're going to go ahead and get rolling. We're going to be having our top five power rankings revised. We're going to talk about AFC and NFC championship bet picks. We got the uh, NFC East we'll talk a little bit about as well during their power rankings, and then we'll talk about teams that need a quarterback change. There's plenty of those that are floating around and who we think they might want to target, and we'll give you some fantasy football advice for your playoffs. So let's go ahead and get rolling, and we'll start first with fantasy Football. So let's talk about this. Both you and I had some rough <laughs> weeks here with fantasy football. Last week was a little bit tough for me. I got eliminated from three playoffs, but I do have a few that are still on. Um, so let's talk about the fantasy football playoffs, about those who are in the fantasy football playoffs and need to have, uh, you know, have some idea of where they should be going in order to target good matchups, good players, and which ones they should be avoiding. Why don't we go ahead and start with you here, Scott, and you let us know, what do you think here? What matchups are you targeting or avoiding, and what players are you thinking about starting or sitting for the fantasy football playoffs? Yeah, this is one that, that I'm directly affected by as I was looking at the schedule, and it's it's Baltimore and San Francisco. So you're you're looking at a laundry list of players, right? Lamar Jackson, um, Brock Purdy, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, and even Isaiah Likely, who I picked up and is, is playing well yep. for me now. And right. this is a game where it could be an amazing real football game and end up being about 10-7 and be really exciting. And you walk <laughs> away with eight points in fantasy and, and miss out. So it's, it's a tough one. It's going to be an ama- you know, it's going to be the game of the week to watch. Yep. Um, I think it's the Christmas night, 8.30 p.m. kick, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. And, you know, it's just going to be, you know, a great game on the field. You know, it could end up being 49-42 or something crazy like that. But 
I think it's going to be a tough one, and I've got a ton of guys in this matchup, and you've got to ride with them and go. But, you know, be prepared for uh, a disappointing fantasy night if this game ends up as a defensive struggle, which it very easily could. Yeah, and the last night of fantasy – I mean, the last – actual game of the weekend so that's going to be really tough for those of us who are relying on any of those players and I there's a lot of them out there obviously I, I'm overly reliant on Lamar Jackson unfortunately I'm sure to, and I'm also overly reliant on Christian McCaffrey so a lot of <laughs> mine are not going to be decided until come the very end of Christmas night uh, the over under right now on that one at 46 and a half San Francisco favored by five and a half there that one's going to be in San Francisco Weather's looking pretty good, 59 degrees, so there could be a little bit of a shootout potential there. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. The game that I'm looking at, and uh, I don't think it's surprising to anyone, is the Lions and the Vikings, which will be at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And I have to actually tell you what day it is now, because there's actually games on four different days of the week this week, and there's multiple games uh, on most of those days. So the Lions and Vikings playing 1 p.m. on Sunday, over under right now at 46.5, Detroit favored by 3.5. I think there's some shootout potential here. The second Secondaries in both teams haven't been fantastic, uh, and both of those guys have been uh, have stepped up in many ways. You got uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and you got uh, Laporta, Sam Laporta on one end, and then on the other end, you got Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson who should be back. So there's a lot of opportunity, and of course T.J. Hawkinson as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there, and I think on the running backs, you know, you got uh, you got uh, Jameer Gibbs who's really breaking out in a big way there for the Lions, and David Montgomery still there, and Ty Chandler having a fantastic game last last week for the Vikings. So certainly I think lots of fantasy potential there. So that's a game that I am going to target. If I have players there, I don't think I have to talk you into that. And Ryan, how are you, my friend? Welcome into the show. <laughs> and I see you are here and we're talking about some fantasy football. Uh, are you invested at all in fantasy football this year? I know that you were uh, kind of invested in it before and then you're kind of not. Well, how are you feeling about fantasy football this year? Uh, I I just had a really terrible week one of the playoffs where I got bounced and everything. So so the answer is not good, but not good. <laughs> yeah yeah it, me too. I got bounced in three. I thankfully have bye weeks in two, and I have a two week playoff in another. And them is the breaks. Thanks to Travis Kelce and Derek Henry who totaled me under three fantasy points together. Thank you very much. I guess Travis Kelce was too distracted by Taylor Swift to catch any passes at all, or catch a touchdown, which bounces right off his fingers. So that sucked altogether. But that's enough of that. Let's talk about the next topic here. And Ryan, let's start with you on this one. We're going to go to our top five power rankings. Give us your top five right now in the NFL from one to five. Yeah, can I say the? Can I reiterate again that the whole league sucks? Like I've said the last <laughs> couple times. Yes, this is true. Like I'm not, I'm not even being funny. Like so, my number one team, which uh, I feel is probably a universal ranking right now, uh, is the 49ers. But the 49ers, okay. uh, we can't forget the three-game skid they had uh, in the middle of the season uh, against sub uh, subpar opponents. So you know, I, I don't even love them as as you know the best team in football. But I, that's where I got to go right now. It's San Fran one. Um, for me, in the two spot, uh, it, it, despite. Uh, a bad road loss in uh, Buffalo last week. Right now, for me, it's the Cowboys. Um, mm. I think last week going a uh, big emotional win against Philly at home and then on the road to the East Coast, 
uh, you know, outdoor elements in that game. Um, I think that was kind of one that you could have, uh, you know, he's saying scheduled loss, but that felt like a scheduled loss going into it and uh, uh, kind of panned out that way. So I'll have them too. Um, I got Baltimore in the three spot. Mm-hmm. Reluctantly, I have the Eagles in the fourth spot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, rounding out my top five right now, it's Kansas City, which uh, I know things don't look good in Kansas City, but when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid, I just feel like at the end of the day, they're going to they're gonna figure it out. They're going to be there in the final four. Um, it was not an impressive win against New England last week, but I have a hard time uh, ranking them outside the top five right now. Yeah, the Chiefs are a real conundrum this year. They've, their performance has been lackluster, but I think maybe because we're just used to seeing them perform at a higher level, it, it makes us a little bit jaded over what they've done so far this year. Uh, let's go to you, Scott. What are your top five power rankings right now for the NFL? Yeah, so I'm going with um, San Francisco at the top. They seem to be just rolling at this point in the season. Um, I'll go Baltimore, too. I think they're huh. you know, still playing strong and, and looking really good. And then I've got Miami. You know, they, they're just really cranking right now. I think they, they're heading in the right direction. And then I'm going to do something I never do, which is, is be positive on the Lions. I'm going to sneak the Lions in at four. Wow. Um, they completely dominated Baltimore or uh, the Broncos Saturday night in a standalone primetime game, which they never do. They always fall flat and they look good in all, all three phases. And then I'll round it out with um, Philly. You know, I think both Philly and Dallas had a rough go. Philly's lost three straight. You know, that's, that's not really talked about a whole lot, but, um, you know, I think they'll get it together. So I've got them at five. Yeah, so that's really interesting because you obviously have the Eagles in there, but you don't have the Cowboys in your top five. So my top five, if 49ers, I agree with you guys. I have the Ravens at two. I don't think there's a huge disagreement there because you have them at two, Scott, and you, uh, Ryan, have them at three. I have the Cowboys at three, so uh, you and I just flipped those, Ryan, whereas Scott has left the Cowboys completely off the radar. Uh, I have the Dolphins at four, and I have the Eagles at five. So I have the Chiefs just missing and the Lions just missing as well, my top five. So let me ask you, first of all, um, Scott, because you have the Cowboys off the list. I mean, there's some issues here of the Cowboys. They had a, they fell flat last week, and there's a little bit to be made about the home and away splits for those Dallas Cowboys. When they are at home, they uh, score 39.9 points per game. When they're on the road, 21.7, almost half as many points scored uh, when they're on the road. When they are at home, they allow opponents to score 15.4 points on average and away 22.3, so they're about, 20, about a good 33% more points allowed when they're away. And it goes all the way through, third down percentage, 53% at home, 43% away. Fourth down percentage, 57% at home, 46% away. And their record, of course, reflecting that they are a 7-0, and perfect at home. They are 3-4 and on the road. Is this your problem with the Cowboys, the inconsistency? Or is there something else about the Cowboys that put you – puts them outside the top five, but keeps a team like the Eagles in. Yeah, so that, that hit on all of it. And I didn't get a chance to go back to last week's show, but I think last week I left them out as well. And it was because of those struggles and my lack of confidence in Dak Prescott in the, the big moments. And, and he, he proved me right over the weekend by putting up a goose egg. And so, you know, I don't want to reveal the rest of my predictions, but I think that Dallas is, 
has got some trouble coming up in the next few weeks with their schedule. And, um, you know, I definitely keep them out and the Eagles in, in the top five. Um, you know, I've got to see them perform in the big moment to really believe mm-hmm. it. And, I, you know, and you and I, Ryan, are on the same page here. We have the Cowboys in above the Eagles. So on NFC East, we're looking at the Cowboys there. Uh, you have the Cowboys at two. I have them at three. But what gives you confidence that the Cowboys uh, deserve to be at two while the Eagles slide to four? Is it just the, the victory in Dallas? Because obviously the Eagles did manage to beat the Cowboys when they're at home in Philly. Yeah, I just think uh, that the Dallas offense is more potent um, than the Eagles' offenses right now, and whether uh, I think it's kind of a popular thing now that uh, I've seen on Twitter the last couple of days, um, people now questioning Jalen Hurts was it a fluke? Um, and and you know I think he's been battling injuries all year. There's definitely he was obviously a regression candidate coming into this season, so we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We know the track record. It's if you if you look over the last whatever I think the all time history like. Um, Obviously, the Bills and the Vikings were standing, and then the Patriots did it back in 2017, 2018. Um, but outside of that, it's like the track record of teams that lose the Super Bowl going back um, is, is not, uh, or even going far in the playoffs the next year is not very good. Um, so I think there's a real thing that happens there where those teams get there, and then the next year they struggle. Um, and and if you look at the Eagles' wins, you know that's another part of it. Like I understand the splits. Uh, between the Dolphins, uh, I mean, the, sorry, the, the Cowboys home and away games. Um, but when they win, at least they pound teams, whereas the Eagles barely squeaked out a win against the Patriots uh, on opening night. I'm going to draw a blank now, but there are a couple others. It felt like, I felt like those first five, five or six games, and I think they were undefeated at the time, it was like they were 6-0, yeah. but they, they, they were winning by a possession every time. And, and most of the times it was like a last-second stop to, to avoid a loss. So, I don't think they've been very impressive in their wins. Now the losses are packing are, are, uh, packing on. Again, understand right. the Bills uh, or the, the Cowboys' road record. And the only other one I just wanted to touch on was, you know, you guys are talking about the splits there. It feels like because the Dolphins have been hot again a little bit lately, people aren't talking about it or anymore. But you know, 0 3 against teams with winning records, and they have the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills down the stretch. So yeah. that's my problem with Miami. Um, now Tyreek's dealing with potentially a high ankle sprain, um, you know, that kept him out last week. Uh, so I think there's some real questions in Miami because Miami runs me, reminds me a lot right now of the 2015 Panthers, which is their front runners. When they're up and they're pounding, you know, they're great, but they're capable of losing to the Titans in, in any given week. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And, of course, that's why we have the fluctuation here in our top five, and that leads us right into our next topic, and that is the AFC and NFC championship picks. So what I've done is I've taken a look at the most recent money line numbers for AFC and NFC Conference Championship. And I'm gonna, I'll give you the top five, both of you guys. I'm going to get your thoughts on which of these you would place your bet on in terms of value and likelihood they're going to actually win. Because obviously the, the spreads are pretty, thi- are pretty wide. <laughs> so, you know, you might want to take a chance on the guys uh, on a team that has a less likelihood of, uh, of winning to, because it's a much better value. Uh, but let me go ahead and give, give you the top five first, and then we'll go back and circle back around. The AFC Conference right now, the top five are the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jaguars. They have the Ravens at plus 210, the Chiefs at plus 300, the Dolphins at plus 370, the Bills at plus 650, and the Jaguars at plus 1,300. Now, if you want any other AFC teams, I got those too, so let me know. But those are the top five. 
uh, with the AFC. Let's start over here with uh, with you, Ryan. Which one of those would you place your bet on for AFC Championship, um, or would you actually bet on a different team, not one of the top five? So that's Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills, and Jaguars. Ravens at plus 210, Chiefs at plus 300, Dolphins at plus 370, Bills at 650, and Jaguars at plus 1300. So, for me, I, uh, when I do my power rankings, uh, I take it as, uh, you know, week one to current week, and I try, and I try not to factor in projecting ahead too much in that. Um, so my answer is, and this is a team that even if we weren't talking odds, is the team that I'm starting to believe in the most in the AFC, uh, so especially given the fact that they have better odds out of that four spot, it's the Buffalo Bills. Um, mm. That I think they're the most dangerous team in the AFC. I think the AFC is wide open. I'm on record as saying this. I don't believe the Ravens' formula has not worked in the playoffs for any team. That that run-first mentality does not, does not work. It has not panned out. Lamar has struggled in the postseason. I don't believe in them in that spot until I see it. Um, and I love Lamar Jackson, and I love Zay Flowers as a as a local guy out of here, out of Boston College. So, like, I want to mm-hmm. believe in the Ravens, but I don't. I do think the Bills are figuring it out. I think what they've done with James Cook um, and getting him going is, uh, mm-hmm. is is has changed the dynamic of how that team plays now. Um, right. And I do think this iteration of the Bills, this is their last roundup. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the the safeties, the Poyer and uh, – um, Micah Hyde are getting old. Uh, Stephon Diggs is getting up there in age. There's contractual stuff coming up. Like uh, you know, they have Josh Allen, so they'll compete for the next 10 to 15 years. But I think this current iteration of the Bills, if they're ever going to get over the hump, this is the last season to do it. I do think that sparks the team. Um, so my money would be on the Bills. Uh, they're playing better. We'll see how they finish out the, the stretch here. But that's that's the most dangerous team in the AFC right now, in my opinion. Oh. All right, Ryan, with the Buffalo Bills at plus 650 for the AFC Conference Championship. Uh, Scott, what do you have as your pick? you got the Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills, and Jaguars at plus 210, plus 300, plus 370, plus 650, and plus 1,300. Any of those guys interest you in terms of placing your bet for AFC Conference Champion? Yeah, so I've got, I've got Baltimore and Miami as, as my conference championship, and I, I think Baltimore is going to take the game. But okay. in terms of value bet i think miami in in that situation is is a good value bet mm-hmm. um you know all these teams really have holes in them right like you, you know like ryan said baltimore run heavy miami you know has a hard time coming back kansas city's up and down it's not like you can point to one team in the afc and say oh they're just gonna they're just head and shoulders above the rest so i I like baltimore and miami coming out and i think you know with betting it's always about where's your best value and i think miami's a good strong value bet you know the ball bounces their way a couple times they get up a touchdown or two um with some fast you know strike one play touchdown drives and all of a sudden baltimore can't come from behind and and they end up making it so i i think my pick is baltimore over miami but my bet would be miami Okay. Yeah, I and I and I get it. I mean there's certainly some uh there's definitely I see the Dolphins as being one of those teams that I also have my eye on. But I do have some current concerns about the Dolphins and that's basically on defense. Obviously they give up almost twenty two points per game this season, which is the tenth most in the league. And of course the injury that Ryan mentioned about Tyreek Hill does make me a little bit anxious, although J although Jalen Waddle stepped right in and had no problems there. I, I am going to um, you know, to look at it as two different ways. If I'm going to place a bet on something that I think is safe, 
I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs because they really are the team that has the most experience when it comes to winning in the playoffs, and I think that they are still that team. They may not have the dynamic playmakers and are not winning by as many points as they used to, but I think that they are the type of team, as was, as was mentioned by Ryan earlier, if you got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you, know, you, you have a winning combination there. They're plus 300 right now. I think that's a pretty good return for the Chiefs with a good amount of certainty. If I want to swing for the fences, though, and, and, and I just want to just take a chance – I wouldn't mind throwing down something on the Bengals. They're actually a plus 6,000. I'm just saying Jake Browning doesn't look so bad. <laughs> and if Jamar Chase comes back, obviously if Jamar Chase is not back, I wouldn't put that money down. But if he does come back, plus 6,000 doesn't sound too bad. All right, let's get on to the NFC and talk about them. Top five right now are the San Francisco 49ers at minus 110, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at plus 400, Dallas Cowboys at plus 450, Detroit Lions at plus 850, and the Seattle Seahawks at plus 3,500. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. Who do you pick for the NFC Conference Championship? Uh, again, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Lions, and Seahawks. So I just want to say before I, I give you my take on this, the fact that you just even mentioned the Jake Browning-led uh, Cincinnati Bengals and, and what the money would be on that tells you just how bad the, the NFL is right now. Uh, <laughs> I am not placating to Scott here, but uh, I, I, my, my, my pick is the, is the Detroit Lions. Um, wow. For the, you know, when you're factoring in the odds there. I don't foresee an instance where the 49ers don't get in. Um, this year, I think it's, the path is wide open for them in the NFC. Uh, and, you know, going on the road, if the Lions get there, uh, to San Fran is going to be a, a tall, tall task. Um, but I don't believe in the Eagles, and I don't believe in the Cowboys. Um, so while I don't have the Lions there right now, uh, I really think it's the, the 49ers and anybody else. Uh, and and if the Seahawks being at five, you know, there's a huge drop-off there. But those, the, 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 those two, three, and four spots – are, are all even odds in my mind of like who, mm-hmm. who I think could do it because I think it's a complete crapshoot. So give me the team mm-hmm. with the lowest of the odds there and the team that I would have the most fun rooting for uh, on that stretch. So right. uh, I think when we first did a show so a couple, couple weeks ago now, you know, I told you yep. how much I love what, what's going on in Detroit. So I'm taking Detroit yep. out of the fourth spot with the odds uh, to root with my heart while I watch it, um, and I just don't really believe in the conference outside of San Fran. Yeah, and plus 850, that's some pretty good return right there. Plus 850 on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Scott, <laughs> so are you going to go homer on this, or are you going to go with somebody else? Again, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Lions, Seahawks. It's at minus 110, plus 400, plus 450, plus 850, and plus 3,500. Who do you got for your NFC Conference Championship pick? So, so on the field, I, I've got San Francisco over the Eagles in, in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like Brian said, San Francisco, unlike EFC, is is head and shoulders above everyone else. So pending another double injury situation in in the championship game, I think they walk away. Um, and and I am going to go Homer for the the value for the same reason. I mean, it, it's like it's like taking uh, Tiger or the field back in the day when he was crushing everyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my, instead of throwing money down on San Francisco that you're going to walk away with. Might as well take a flyer and hey, if Detroit plays like they did Saturday, they can they can beat anybody in the league. Um, but I don't expect that to happen. So uh, money bets for sure on Detroit, but I think it's going to be San Francisco is going to redeem themselves from last year's injury plagued NFC Championship and head to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, so I, I and I think I we all have the similar view on this is that the 49ers are are probably the best bet, but at minus 110, it's not much of a bet. So I am like you guys, but I'm going to be even more. I'm going to be more conservative. I, I think that if you look at the remaining schedule, yes, the Eagles have lost three in a row, but they have the Giants twice and the Cardinals coming up. Uh, if they can't beat those all three of those, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they will. And the Cowboys are facing the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Commanders. So they definitely will beat the Commanders, at least I think they will. But then the Dolphins and Lions are complete toss-ups there. They lose one, and I think that that will be a problem for them. I think that the Eagles will end up with a two-seed, and that will give them a chance to get to play the 49ers. And who knows what's going to happen at that point. And you know what? With the odds at plus 400, I'd rather take the Eagles than the 49ers at minus 110. So I'm going to take the Eagles at plus 400. But I do love that bet with the Lions. I, I don't want to root for the Eagles. <laughs> I'd rather root for the Lions by a long shot. But I think that the Eagles have a better chance of winning that bet. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of that hey, section. Before we move on. Yeah. Hey, before we move on, I, I, I'd be remiss if we don't touch on this quickly. I mentioned okay. that people are starting to turn on Jalen Hurts. Um, if I had been doing the podcast last year, I'd have said this last year, uh, and I think it's being exposed and coming to the forefront. The number one reason uh, I don't think you should bet on the Eagles, and you should realize that the Eagles, this is not just a couple-game lull for them, is, and I'm going to try not to swear here, Nick Sirianni is an effing tool, and he's being exposed <laughs> for, for who he is. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's embarrassing. The, again, it, it, it was lost because of the, the, the James Bradbury holding call at the end of last year. But the, right. the, the yelling over, uh, flipping off the bench last year from the other side, the way he handles himself, the screaming in the tunnel, the fact that uh, Dom, the security guy, is on the field uh, getting oh, into the 49 players last week. That was he, not good. He is, he's not organ- what he comes off to me is very amateurish. And they were on a hot streak, and there's a there's a there's a local reporter here in Boston named Chris Gasper, um, who is one of my favorite sports lines of all time, which is that winning is the ultimate deodorant, meaning that <laughs> you can you can hide all the other stuff when you're winning, but when it starts to come off the rails, you start to see the cracks and the flaws, and I think that's what you're seeing in Philadelphia. Um, so from a talent perspective, they should absolutely be in an NFC game, NFC Championship game, but I don't think this is getting better. I think I think you're starting to see the cracks and again you know the the situation that's going around on the internet right now of him yelling over at Pete Carroll the other day you know like what are you doing yeah. or whatever the words were that they call him saying it's like dude that's a guy who built a, a college dynasty it came to the NFL built one of the best defenses ever won, won a Super Bowl went back to another Super Bowl and is proving to be able to coach later in his life than Bill Belichick is so I don't know Nick maybe maybe know who you are and shut you shut up um, so anyway, uh, not enough bad things can happen to Nick Sirianni and the Eagles as far as I'm concerned because because I think right. he uh, is is an unhinged loser, uh, and we're starting right. to see that. I, and I actually really love the rest of that team, but I think I think that's being exposed. So that's my thing. Is I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here after the divisional round talking about how they got they got they got stomped at home and are, are back home trying to figure out what they're going to do next year. Wow, wow, that'd be something. That would be something. Um, yeah. So I don't disagree with any of that. Obviously, that's uh, and and what do you know? A, a rant from Ryan Whitfield. This is just like old times. I feel like we've just gone back in time. But by the way, speaking of which, I didn't mention this at the beginning of our show, but we had 44% um, follower growth this year. So we actually had some amazing growth. I just got the report back from Spotify today. We're doing fantastic. This is amazing. Now, this is not a knock on you and I, Ryan, when we started this. It, it was just that we kind of sucked at the beginning and we got better. <laughs> it's kind of, I think that's really what happened. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so um, congratulations, guys, because you obviously both were on the show this year as well a couple times, so this is fantastic. And Ryan, coming back around, this feels like, man, that's giving me nostalgic of eight years ago. Can you believe it? Eight years ago? It's insane. All right, let's get to our last topic of the day, and that is uh, teams that need a new quarterback. Okay, so there's a couple here that I kind of listed out that kind of popped off the page to me, and I'll start with you, Scott, first. But tell me, which one of these teams do you think most urgently needs a quarterback, and do you think they should trade for one or get one in the draft? Here are the ones that I have listed. It's the Commanders, the Broncos, the Falcons, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Raiders. Uh, Feel free to pick another team if you want, but those are the ones that popped off the page to me. Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go off that list a little bit and uh, give you some bad news. It's it's the Bears and Justin Fields. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I think you'd know my position on him since the draft, since his days at yes. Ohio State. And I think it's just kind of proven itself out again this season. So top two, what are they going to end up with? Two of the top ten picks in the draft. I think they need to grab a quarterback and, and some other skill skill position and move on from the Justin Field base for sure. Woo! Wow, you putting Justin Fields below Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke combo? I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit hurt by that. But okay, I get it. And you've been you've made no you definitely not mince words on how you feel about Justin Fields back from when he was at Ohio State and you being an Ohio State fan saw him play a lot. So I, I get that. So we'll see how that plays out. Ryan, what do you think there? So the teams again that I named off were the Commanders, the Broncos, the Falcons, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Raiders. Yeah, any thoughts on which team there you think needs most desperately to change quarterback, and how do you think they should go about doing it? Yeah, so I'm going to go about it a different way here slightly, um, and I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, actually, let me go the inverse here. i got the list in front of me, so just bear with me for a second. Okay. Because <laughs> this is the state of the NFL right now. The Cardinals, the Falcons, the, Pan- uh, the Panthers, the Bears – the Browns, I want to say the Broncos. I'll leave them off for right now, but, but they're, they're just missed. Uh, the Rams, the Vikings, the Saints, the Raiders, the Giants, the Chargers, didn't stutter, uh, right. the Patriots, the, uh, the Jets, the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, the Steelers, the Commanders, and the Titans all need to be in quarterback market this offseason. Holy uh, cow! That's like the entire that's like the entire NFL. You just got there's, like, the there's, entire... there's like there's like ten that I wouldn't say. And by that I don't mean that like I said the Panthers, right? The Panthers, right. you're not you're not immediately going away from uh, from Bryce uh, Young, yeah, Bryce Young. Thank you. But there is a model out there, and we've seen it, you know. Because uh, there, there are some of these middling teams, and the Chiefs could have said good enough with Alex Smith, but they no, they went and got the next guy uh, while they still had him. Uh, um, the Eagles, I, I'm gonna, I hope I don't butcher this. I, I believe Wentz was still there, right, when they drafted Hurts, so they still yes, draft capital. Yep. They talked years ago, signed Matt Flynn from the backup from Green Bay to that massive contract that he showed well that year Aaron Rodgers was hurt, and they still went and drafted Russell Wilson, and then Russell Wilson won the competition. It has not yep. worked out in New England, but they had Cam Newton here on a deal, and they still went and drafted. So like, and, and, and you know, teams like the, like the Browns are on that list for me. Deshaun Watson, it does not look like the old Deshaun Watson. They have a really good team. I'm not just sitting still and assuming that Deshaun Watson is good enough for my franchise. Right. I'm not. Um, so unless you have like a really, really true blue chip young guy, like I didn't put the Texans on there, right? CJ Stroud is <laughs> not in that same class as Bryce Young where I'm like, I, if I got CJ Stroud, I'm good. So now I'm yeah. going to go find the rest yeah. of it. Um, right. But pretty much, yeah, outside of any of the really established elite guys 
or these other young guys from the next bracket. I'm going to replace. So the the one I think is probably going to sound surprising is uh, I I don't replace Justin Herbert if I'm if I'm the the Chargers and I'm not spending a first round pick. But if you see a Dak level talent in the fourth round and I'm the Chargers, I'm drafting that to push yeah. my young quarterback because Herbert kind of has a Phil Rivers thing going on of good, but not special in big moments. And right. I don't, if I'm them, I just spent all that money. I don't want him resting on his laurels. Bring in a young guy to push him. And, yep. and if he shows well in preseason, trade him, get something for him. Um, but that's, uh, so yeah, so there's a very few teams on my list that I, that I don't think need to, uh, to go and uh, source out a new quarterback. I, I think there's a huge quarterback problem in the league right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. And, and actually, when I went through and created my list, I mean, it was just immediately guy, like teams that I don't think can continue with what they got. Like, I just don't think, for instance, that Desmond Ritter, Tyler, Taylor Heineke is the answer to anything for the Falcons. I don't think that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi is the answer for anything for the Patriots. Uh, I don't think that Derek Carr is the answer for the Saints. And I don't think that Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer for the Raiders. So I think those teams just definitely need a change. And, of course, Sam Howell for the Commanders up for being tossed. And Russell Wilson, I just don't – I mean, like, they, they, they have turned things around a little bit in this season, but I just don't think that that's the way for the Broncos to win in the future. Uh, they need to get some new quarterback in there and get them going, just like you are saying – what they did with Carson Wentz, but also if you look at what you did in uh, Green Bay, I mean, they got Aaron uh, Rodgers for three years prior to Brett Favre leaving, and they got Jordan Love, who's by no means great, but, you know, serviceable coming out of that three years in which they took them up while they still had Aaron Rodgers. Okay, well, that said, that gets us to the end of the show. Uh, thanks for joining us again, uh, Ryan and Scott. This is fantastic. So, like I said, it's like old times. This is going back eight years now. It's unbelievable. Uh, Ryan, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yep, you can follow me at Ryan Whitfield NE until I uh, change it to Nick Serrani as a tool. <laughs> you should do that right away. I think that'd be a real hit. I, I would follow you. I mean, I already I wonder, do follow you. I'd follow you twice. <laughs> yeah, it might already exist. You're right. It's probably already out there. All right, you can follow um, you can follow Scott at, at NFL Fantasy More on Twitter or slash X. You can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter slash X or at the Football Garbage Time page on Facebook. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time. Enjoy your NFL week.